Ciao ragazzi, welcome back to another episode of Serie A Sit Down. We are part of the World Football Index. Clearly I'm not Frank Cravello. Frank Cravello is away. I'd like to tell you for a good reason, but it's his to watch the sorry Steelers lose tonight. But don't worry, I'm not going to do this alone. Uh, you know, on episode 200, we had some great guests. And one of our guests, you know, we told him it's been so long since we last had him on. We're going to bring you on soon. It was two episodes. Well, please welcome to the show, everybody, Zio, Rocco Fasano. Welcome to the show, Rocco. How you doing? I'm doing amazing. Thank you very much, uh, Richard. Thank you very much for having me. I'm going to try my best to fill in um, Frank's shoes. I know it's an arduous task, but uh, I think I'll be up to it. Good, good, good. We got lots of games to talk about. Uh, the chat is lively already, which is always awesome. a good sign. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of goals this weekend. Uh, some good games. This is rivalry weekend, right? We had obviously the Derby della Mole, Sassuolo mm-hmm. Inter, Fiorentina Napoli, Atalanta Milan, just to name a few. Um, so a lot of big games. We're going to get to games in here real quick. We're also going to talk about uh, the Azzurri call-ups. We're going mm-hmm. on to uh, international break here. Uh, so we got some call-ups to talk about, some injuries as a result of that. And then we're going to obviously end this all with uh, Who on Calcio Twitter. So uh, let's get into the action here. Um, Rocco, since I have you on, we're going to talk Derby de la Mole. Uh, <laughs> what, a, what a big game this was, right? This is a, as a game that obviously is a massive derby. Uh, and, you know, looking at the lineups of these two teams, Torino is technically the host team in this one. Um, and so look at the lineup for the, the host. Uh, Milinkovic, Savic in gold, David Zima, Bremer, Rodriguez, and uh, Singo in the back. You had Pobega, Mandragora, uh, Olaina, and Lukic in the middle with Brecolo and Sanabri up top. Mm-hmm. Looking at this Torino lineup, um, what was the big worry for you as a Juventus fan uh, trying to see this, you know, where the goals may come from against uh, Torino? Well, the, the, Torino usually reference up top is Belotti, right? And he was missing in this match, so you kind of don't have that that terminal through which a lot of their their play could be directed. Um, but in term, in more so than individuals, um, I feared the uh, Juric factor. Uh, Juric is a coach who I have a heck of a lot of respect for. I think um, he was able to turn uh, Elas Verona into a hellish side. For a lot of their opponents and uh, I think that based on what we had seen until uh, this point and at the beginning of the season uh, we had reason to believe that uh, Juventus could have been in for uh, for a heck of a lot of trouble from uh, Juric's side so that that's what I feared the most going into it. Yeah no I think you know obviously the Belotti news is the big one he, he's got a serious mm-hmm. injury where he's been out for a couple of games now uh, hopefully it's not too serious right but uh, mm-hmm. Sanabria is going to be in his place and uh, Sanabria on his day can get some goals in. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So, and then Mandragora, obviously, is someone you want to keep an eye on. Guy can shoot. He's a good playmaker. Uh, Juventini product as well. So Right. And a former, right? Because the, the one rule in Serie A is, uh, is the, the, the former player's goal. You know, you call the Lex, as yeah. they call it, uh, yeah. as they say in Italian. So uh, that's a classic. Always a classic. So, And we've seen already some of, the, some of them materialize this, uh, this season. Um, but it happens all the time. So um, it's uh, definitely something that uh, from range, he, he can hurt you. So, uh, and you never know. A Derby's a Derby. It's a complete crapshoot. Absolutely. And one of the guys for Trina, for, for me at least, that I was looking at uh, was uh, Wilfred Singo. 
Uh, I've been so yeah. impressed with this young gentleman. Great on the um, flank. Everybody's younger than me, apparently. So, uh, but yeah, he's really good, me and too. I was really excited to see. <laughs> really excited to see how we do in this one. So, looking at the uh, at the traveling team, uh, Juventus, Chesney mm-hmm. back in goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went with the back four of Danilo, Delict, Chiellini, Alexandro. Uh, midfield, you had McKenny, Locatelli, Rabiot, and then up top you had Benadeski, Kane, and Chiesa. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on the Juventus lineup? Well, um, Bonucci was kept out of it. That was um, a little bit of a of a surprise there, but you know, Chiellini had to step in in order to to bring that tenacity to the game. And um, so, in terms of that, I, I think it was fine. McKenny was kind of a, a bit of had me scratching my head going into it, but I do understand, you know, the man rotation and Allegri is someone who will first, you know, give you a kick in the butt and then say, all right, get on with it, get out there and and show me what you got. Um, Giving him almost an extra opportunity to redeem himself. Um, When we get into the game, maybe we can analyze his, his uh, gameplay a little bit. Uh, But other than that, you know, Ken looking for big stuff from him because he had some rest uh, as as a, as as had McKenny, uh, by the way. So you know, those are kind of the two players I was I was looking for uh, to 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 bring their athleticism and and the 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 grinta, the katsima, as they call it in Naples, um, because that's the thing that makes up a derby, right? It's it's the scrappiness, it's the fight, it's the the ultimate show of Juventinita or of being a Granata uh, for in the case of Torino. So that's what I was looking for from uh, from the Juventus side. Yeah, and you know, obviously coming off a big win uh, or from the midweek, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you you knew there's gonna be rotation, but you wonder also would there be right. a uh, possible a setback? It's a derby, so you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. it, but it, it mm-hmm. does happen. These you know you do have the trap games after a big game, so you're hoping yeah. that maybe Juventus wouldn't fall into that. Uh, so the, go ahead, please. No, absolutely. It, it, that is the case. Uh, also, more so that the fact that Torino has been thinking about the derby for a week straight. Juve started worrying about that um, on Thursday after their their um, uh, de faticante, they call it. So it's a it's a post match uh, a cool down and and recoup, right? Trying to restore your energy on Thursday, and that's basically when you left one day, one and a half days to actually prepare the game. Uh, and sure enough, soon enough, it, we had a quick turnaround. So definitely a trap uh, there for Juventus uh, against uh, against Torino could have been a, tra- a tricky game. I see Cliff is in the chat already. <laughs> How you doing, Cliff? Uh, no, so this game started out very well for Torino. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Torino started out very strong in this one. They're on the front foot from the beginning. Yeah. Um, a very strong first half. Uh, you know, you... <sighs> In a game like this, a derby like this, you, like I said, you're looking for the green thug, the back and forth. Yeah. You saw, you mentioned it. Torino's been, you know, looking for this matchup for a long time. They really had nothing mm-hmm. else to look forward to, and mm-hmm. they came out strong, punching it. The only thing missing from their first half was a goal. Uh, yeah. Constant pressure on them. I thought Singo completely was dominating Alexandro in the first half. Yes. Uh, Mandragora had a great shot from distance that Chesney had to save. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a good first half for Torino, but again, mm-hmm. missing a goal. Uh, what was your overall assessment of that first half? I think I think Juve had a couple of quick flashes at the beginning of the Moise match. Moise Kane, yeah, Moise Kane, yeah, with Kane who couldn't who couldn't uh, close out a, a game. Uh, sorry, close out a play, and then uh, McKenny failed to clean up on the. I think it was on the same play or on the next play, 
uh, could have could have made it one nothing early on. But you're right. For the rest of the first half, we saw a heck of a lot of Torino. Uh, Juve tried to build out, uh, not to build out from the back as they might, but to, to try to use players like uh, Ken and like Chiesa and sometimes Bernardeschi as well to um, as targets in the midfield. And you'd ha- you'd have defenders and or, or people in defending positions kicking the ball just straight down across the field. Them running hooks behind to try to get those those balls right. And but so many times. Torino players were anticipating them. And that's why Juve only had 71% uh, pass completion rate, which is very low. On average, any given team will do about 80, 80%. And, you know, in the, in the teams, for better teams, the better uh, performers out there in Serie A, you're looking at, you know, 80, 80 to 85%. So yeah, very, very low. And it showed, it showed uh, throughout the game, it showed, sorry, throughout the first half, uh, with Torino looking like the, the better side. Absolutely. And uh, before we digress any further, I'm drinking this, which I never drink Coca-Cola. But I figured because you're Mr. Healthy, I have to be the yin to your yang. So I decided to drink some Coca-Cola. I never drink Coca-Cola. So anyway, that's beside the point. If I get sick, you know why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the big talk in the midweek was that Bernadeschi was used as a false nine and this and that. And it actually worked out. So mm-hmm. he, him back in the starting lineup didn't really surprise me. Um, I think the stick for McKenny, uh, many people are saying he was awful. A lot of Juventini said he was mm-hmm. awful. I thought he wasn't great, but I, I don't know if I would say awful. And the one opportunity we talked about in the first half that he missed, they really should have scored on. Mm-hmm. You know, from the, the one angle, the camera, the TV angle, it looked like, yes, he should have scored that goal no matter what. Head down, keep the ball down, didn't do that. Right. Uh, but when you look at the other replay from behind him, you see that he actually missed times it or the ball was a little too wide right. And that's why he kind of mm-hmm. sh- uh, shanked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was bad. I, I agree. I think, you know, Certain situations like that, if it was maybe Kies in that position or, or Locatelli, you would imagine they'd put it on frame at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see why Manny Juventini were upset with him, uh, not playing well. Rabio is not also doing that great, but he's had yeah. more better moments than, than McKenny, I would say. But yeah. uh, the first half overall, you, like I said, Torino on the front for mostly. Um, both teams' quality chances, as you mentioned, you know, with the two early shots early on with uh, Juventus through Ken and, and McKenny. After that, it was all Torino uh, yeah. going to halftime. And I wondered, I, I assumed Allegri would give the guys a talking to and we'd see a different Juventus in the second half. And we, yes. we did. It took maybe 10 minutes in that second half, but mm-hmm. Juve grew and grew more and more into the match, started mm-hmm. taking over uh, Torino. And you really knew that Torino not uh, converting these opportunities was going to come back to bite them in the ass. Uh, and it, uh, the game went on, more and more opportunities grew for Juventus. Um, yeah. Obviously, the goal happened late. Uh, Chiesa and Locatelli hooking up. Uh, great goal there. What did you see as the a, a second half progressed to see how mm-hmm. Juventus is more and more dominating the game? Or uh, so I think I think the key I think the key to the match, a turning point, was um, Cuadrado's entrance into the game. I think his interpretation of the right wing uh, role completely opened up the match for Juve, gave Juventus a different kind of dynamic. So for him to play out wide, he as a four-four-two, more square. You're, you're still covering the field, but in an attacking situation, you see him join in the attack and kind of convert it to a four-three-three, and giving that asymmetrical shape that I think Allegri was really going for. Um, in the first half, um, I think Bernardeschi was on that side. 
he wasn't doing that kind of a job. So he moved Bernardeschi further up the field and really gave him an opportunity. I think the way that Bernardeschi is interpreting that role up top uh, when he is put in that forward position is more of a 90s style. And this is the folks who've been around for a while. More of a 90s style fantasista kind of interpretation of that role. So yeah. and you see him and he's he's offering a lot of a lot of assists getting it's between working. the lines. It's working. Absolutely. And it's, it's working for him. And you know what? And you know, we we like Juventini like to um be critical of our players. Uh like yeah. right now we're being critical of, of McKenney. But let's let's give to Bernardeschi. He's actually improved his his game that much more in the last in the, the, he's having a good start to a season. It's not great, it's not Excellent. It's now world class, but he's having a good start. Um, yeah. Until then, and he's gotten us until now. He's gotten us used to mediocre performances by and large, with the odd flash here and there. I hate to say it, but now he's he's actually about about bang average. So I'm hoping to see his growth continue, um, not only for Juventus but also for for the uh, fate of the uh, Italian national team. Which uh, we'll, I think we'll get into later on, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think he's he's someone who uh, a lot of even have their fingers crossed about and are excited about uh, in terms of the prospects. No, no, I I, I absolutely agree. Um, and to kind of shift it to Torino's side here, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Juventus won, but you know, players that stood out for me, obviously Singo, especially in that first half against Alexandro. Uh, Milinkovic Savic, I thought was a phenomenal in this game. He had a big save at Alexandro point blank in the second half. Uh, Paul Bega, I thought, was very good as well. Um, you know, I, I think what Torino were lacking were a Belotti, honestly. Yeah. You know, uh, had Belotti been in there with a game and a different result, I don't know. Uh, someone in the chat is asking, Pete's asking, is Torino for real? I think they are. I think under Juric, they're going to be hard to play against, which we yes. saw. Um, and once Belotti is healthy, I think this team can be a good mid-table team and can make it difficult mm-hmm. for teams. Do, would you agree, or, or do you see it differently with Torino? I see. I see Torino as a seventh place. Um, their ambition would be a seventh place type of spot. Um, you know, a, a Europa Conference League type situation. This year, there's a lot of comp- There's a lot of competition up up top. You're gonna have to see one of those teams fail miserably. Um, I'm not gonna name any teams right now because i know i'll be wrong but i don't know uh, maybe a lazio or maybe you know atalanta is, have, have been performing lower than the par lower than expectations so in order for a torino or a fiorentina to get in there they're gonna have to they're gonna have to take advantage of one of those situations um as i said Eurish over time is going to build a team that is going to be uncomfortable to play against a physical team uh, you know, you're going to, you should be able to keep up with them for a little bit, but the second you, you, you take your, the gas off, you're going to be, you're going to hurt. You're going to come back. You're going to come out black and blue. Um, or as Guardiola said, when he was referring to playing against Atalanta, it's like visiting the dentist, right? <laughs> exactly. You, the dentist, you know, you're going to visit even a good dentist, but you'll still be hurting afterwards, you know? So I think that's what it's going to be like to play against uh, Torino's Juric. And uh, I, I actually, um, even though, you know, I'm, I, 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 I cheer for the team that is on the other side of the Po River, um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, I'm curious to see what they can bring. Absolutely. Uh, and let's get back to your side of the river. Um, I think what we've seen this week 
is maybe, and this is maybe just a blip in the radar, but this past mm-hmm. week, it looked like the return of Juventus in terms of mm-hmm. Allegri ball. Uh, mm-hmm. Great defense, just yeah. doing enough offensively to get the win. Um, mm-hmm. We saw that midweek with a great win there. Wonderful game plan by Allegri, again, with the defense in this one. Um, obviously, having Chiellini come in at the end of the game to help lock things up. Um, we're starting to see Allegri trying to get his imprint in there. It's not there yet, obviously. You know, you want to see more from the offensive end. Dabala mm-hmm. would help it on, in that respect, Marata as well. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen so far is that the defense is starting to organize. They're not quite there yet, but at least mm-hmm. this week, these last two games, and even that Milan game earlier, uh, it looks like we're starting to see the shape take place. Uh, mm-hmm. And if this is the, the Juventus we're going to see the rest of the season, this is going to be a dangerous one for, for everyone in Serie A. Uh, what are your thoughts on what you've seen from Allegri, especially this last week, in terms of getting the team back, reorganized, and, yeah. and playing more his style of, of ball? It, it, one would like to think that after, what is it, four wins in a row, Juventus is starting to heal. And part of that healing process is about Allegri um, giving his identity and, and, the, and character back into the, into the team. Big part of that, of course, yeah, is just to stop the bleeding. Um, start to to fix up your defense. And you see that with Senators, the likes of Chiellini and Bonucci, um, doing their job to to um, to bring everyone up to par. This is a team that was shocked by, by Ronaldo's departure and was suddenly scrambling to look for a new leader. Uh, Dybala emerged. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, I don't think it's an accident that we've seen his performances uh, improve almost immediately unfortunately now he's of course no luck he's gotten injured uh but this is a team that is it seems to be rallying around the defensive phase first and working on the counterattack. counterattacks against uh, chelsea counterattacks uh you know even in in the game against torino was was kind of the way we you know not that wasn't the go-to play but you know that's that's something that's a weapon that i think juventus is trying is starting to sharpen up again um, you know, is, is that the way to go? No, abs- I don't think so. I don't think that's a long-term solution. But in the short term, uh, Juventus has to make up ground and whichever way they can. So they have and they, they have to find wins no matter what. No, absolutely, absolutely. I was reading some of the comments here. It says, uh, you better, better heal fast. Next two matches are against Roma and Inter. Yeah, yes. you need to, need to get, get their stuff together real quick. Um, I think for me, if... Allegri can get Ken and Kuleshevsky on the right page mm. where he wants them. Juve can become really dangerous on the counter as well. Uh, yeah. I expect a lot of Kane, especially what he did at PSG. Obviously, he had the I superstars do. around him, but he did very well there. So I, I expect him to become that leader in the striker role. Obviously, yeah. Barata is the guy right now. But Kuleshevsky as well. He has a dynamic ability where he can change a game in a dime. He hit that post late in the game really out of nothing. He just shake and bake and got that off the post. <laughs> Uh, those two players, I think, if they can get onto Allegri's uh, wavelengths, they can yeah. make things really interesting for Juventus going down the stretch here. But like you said, we heal up quick because you got some big games coming up here, huh? Absolutely, and I think these two guys are uh, have what it takes in order to unlock. They, they, he has to unlock those players. Those players right now, they're grayed out, locked up. They're they're nowhere near where where they can be. Even like they're so far below their par. I think that once uh, Allegri finds a spot for Ken, either bringing him back to that target striker role or utilizing him along with the, with the rest of the mix 
uh, maybe a, on the left wing. I think we, we're in for a treat. We're, he can be a devastating player physically. And we know the Italian league um, is is great for big target strikers who, who have a physical presence. We've seen that with Lukaku. We saw that. Uh, we see that with Dzeko. We see that with, you know, historically with great players like Vieri and, and, and Tony after him. So, you know, there he's someone who can make do damage. I think Kulusevsky still needs to find um, his ideal role. And again, it's up to Allegri to, to unlock exactly what that is. But, you know, this team, this this isn't it. Like when, when uh, Chiellini kind of, they, they read his lips and it was next to Allegri and said, this is who we are, right? Maybe he meant this is who we are right now, but this is not Juventus, right? McKenny is another player who's had a disastrous start to his season. And I know, I know you're a McKenny fan because, because of uh, he, he, he was a Schalke uh, player, but you know, he's someone who has so much potential. And I, I don't think this is, this is all we're going to see from him this year. I'm expecting yeah. better and better from him, Ken and Kulusevsky. Yeah, I think we saw so much of McKinney last year. The the ceiling got higher, and then yes. he's not living up to it. So that kind of hurt him, you know, to, to do this. So hopefully he gets back on track for you guys, uh, and, you know, for those who support him like on the U.S. men's national team. But uh, right. big win in the derby for you guys, nonetheless. Locatelli again, the dream winner. Uh, happy for him. He had a he had a huge weekend. Great goal, got engaged. Uh, so good for him. Uh, all, kudos all around. Uh, Winning on and off the field, as they say. There you go. There you go. So that was not the only big game of the weekend, obviously. Uh, we'll talk about the game that just ended a few hours ago. Atalanta hosting Milan. Mm-hmm. A lot of implications for the top of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into this match, Atalanta, we all know that they they haven't been what we've expected or seen of them in the last couple of years, right? Uh, usually, beginning of the season, they kind of focus all their chips uh, on the Champions League because they're trying to get mm-hmm. out of the group stages and, and put the City out on the back burner. And their performance mm-hmm. struggle because of that. Milan mm-hmm. on the other side have been very hot so far this lately. Uh, even in Champions League where they've lost both their games, they played very well for good stretches of those games and got decent results. Um, mm-hmm. Losses, but you know they got respect. So it was an interesting matchup uh, to see who would who would dominate in this one. Uh, it didn't take long. <laughs> Milan scored in the first minute, 28 seconds. In fact, Calabria got a goal uh, off an assist from Teo Hernandez. Gets a goal scoring started immediately. Uh, what a way to get the the, the show started. Um, you know, I think this changed a lot of things for both teams in this game, in this game. I mean, it has to, for both teams where a goal gets scored so early, whatever game plan you had going to the game has to be thrown out the window. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This year was like me and me and, uh, and Richard getting into a fight. And the first thing he does just punches me in the throat. Like, like, okay, now, now what do you got? Right. Everyone's going to run away. What, what was it? Was it uh, uh, Mike Tyson's? Everyone's got a, a, a game plan until you get punched in the face, right? So that's exactly what happened in this game here. And you know, there's a thread that maybe we can read into the rest of, of the matches in this in this weekend, where some sides struggled in order to overcome their their opponents. They were uh, in, in tough in tough stadiums, uh, and did so nonetheless. Um, but Milan instead makes a statement. Milan goes into Bergamo, one of the most, uh, um, uh, the, the toughest uh, stadiums that you can play in at the Azzurri d'Italia, uh, and just comes in, scores the first goal. Atalanta's rattled, and to be completely honest, I did not see a 
huge, huge uh, response. There was a Zapata counter or a Zapata uh, a chance to score, and then um, a second one with Zapacosta. Yep. But like I, I did not see this the the, the Atalanta physical onslaught the, the Atalanta usually just physically devastates your team you can't keep up with the pace you can't keep up with the strength you just right and uh you know it's 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 the they, they did Milan just they tip you know tip of the hat like there's only you can only call them a pretender for so long I don't think Milan's a pretender I think they're the real deal and and until this team um owns up to it and they and they are actually filled with that self-belief uh, you know, they they may only be holding themselves back. Yeah, I think so. And I think that, um, you know, they said on the Paramount Plus pregame show where they said, you know, you know, don't look up Milan. They have defense. They can start. They can stifle this Atalanta attack. And, you know, Calabria setting the tone as he did. Someone said in the chat, um, he's one of the guys we've been wondering, when is he going to get the call up to the Zuri? Uh, he's been playing so yes. lights out for the last two seasons. You you're like, where is this call up? Because he you you'd imagine he'd be a starting right back for the Azzurri. Um, So a statement like that by him and for Milan is a great way to set the tone for the matchup. Obviously, yeah. it changes Pioli's tactics a little bit, yeah. but hey, you want to be in the lead. That's that's a good way to start things, right? Uh, so it's a Absolutely. good good game by them. A good good start for them, I should say. Uh, you mentioned Zapacosta and Zapata both had opportunities. Yes. Mike Magnon came up big. He didn't have many chances or yes. opportunities, but he came up huge in, when he had to. Um, and so the game continued on, and you were wondering who was going to get the next goal. You would imagine that uh, Atalanta would get into it at some point, but uh, they were passing around a little too much here late in the first mm-hmm. half, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Froiler loses the ball to Tonali. Tonali doing his best, Gattuso impersonation, seals the ball, comes down, scores the goal. Two nothing going at the halftime. Uh, great, great, great play by Tonali. First of all, uh, mm-hmm. he's a guy who's gotten a lot of shtick over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly last season is not living up to his hype. And you know, I kept trying to tell people, Frank kept trying to tell people that, hey, young players, you got to give them time. They got to acclimate to the new surroundings. Tonali this season is playing, you know, playing way above his level than from last year. Uh, and this goal in particular, pushing Froler out of the way basically and going down and finishing his goal. Wonderful play by him and giving Milan the lead there before halftime, two nothing. Yeah, completely, completely outplayed uh, Atalanta again. Just that one-two punch in the first half. Um, I I can't disagree uh, at all with with statements like the one that uh, that Frank said uh, on Twitter earlier about Tonali and um, and Calabria not being called up to the national team. You know, I, I and we can get into that later on, but. Those are two players that have shown, based on their the beginning of the seasons that they've had, that they they fully deserve at least the call up. Uh, in Tonali's case, he has he has a lot of uh, company in the midfield in terms of who would be deserving. With uh, you know Jorginho being someone who you can't touch, yeah, yeah. right? And Tonali's doing great, and Pellegrini's having a great start as well in Locatelli too, right? So it's 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 hard. It's hard. But in yeah. terms of uh, Calabria at the in the fullback position, why not? Why not? I didn't I, that I I don't understand. Yeah. Excuse me. There's that coat kicking in right there. <laughs> uh, Pete, you know, Pete brings a good point. He says young players struggle in City out. Give them time. There's very yeah. few that you know acclimate right away. So you got to give mm-hmm. the players a lot of time. Um, Milan are starting to get their get into their flow. They're two nothing, you know, going to halftime. Yeah. Uh, great start for them. You know, 
a game of this magnitude, you would imagine. I mean, two nothing is really it's huge in most games against Atalanta. You know, they can score so fast, they can knock that out in real quick. But still, two nothing. Not many people expected Milan to have that two nothing lead. And, you know, if you go into this game, more people than not would probably pick Atalanta to have a two nothing lead if you pick between the two teams, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, great great halftime um, scoreline for Milan. Two nothing. They're just playing very well. You know, Kiar was all over Zapata, no matter where he was on a pitch. Zapata would come to mid- midline to try to get the ball. Who's on his back hip? Kiar. Uh, Kamori playing well. Teo Hernandez, I thought, fairly pretty well. He had two assists in this game. Yeah. Um, uh, Calabria, obviously, playing well. You know, a guy who has got a lot of stick lately, uh, especially with Milanisti, is Kessie. Uh, he's yeah. been underperforming. You know, you talked about the Azzurri midfield being strong, as is the, as the Milan midfield. Uh, Benacer, Kessie, they've been locked up in that position for the longest time, and that's why Tonali's been out of it. Uh, but now Tonali's playing great. Benacer's not playing that well, and now Kessie's been playing really poor, especially lately with the mm-hmm. contract talks. And many right. Milanese have been riding him, but I thought this game in particular, he started gaining back into form. I know someone else in the chat mentioned it as well. Kessie started looking more like his old self there. Uh, and, you know, for Milan to be successful, I think he needs to be strong in that midfield, both offensively and defensively. Would you not agree? Against his old team, among other things, right? There's always something special about going back to your old stadium and, and you know, having that extra motivation to show, you know, this is this is a good place for me to to, to turn, it, turn it around, turn around a bit of a, of a negative period. Uh, but yeah, for all it, it seems like a bit of a zero sum game, doesn't it? For for all the much the better Tonali's doing, uh, his uh, his colleagues in the midfield are uh, are not pulling their slack now. So you know it, it's uh, just just you just need that magical game and that magical period when we're, all your team is uh, is firing on all cylinders. I, I just yeah. I, that just never happens, right? It doesn't. But, no, uh, it doesn't. But we'll uh, we'll we'll see if uh, Frank Kessie can. Can start this. Can start a positive streak after tonight's game. Yeah, Cliff's in the chat asking about Tonali. Asking, you know, uh, he's a very good player, but he's not world class. What do I think? I, I agree. You know, if you if you look at Serie A, the closest player to being world class in the midfield is Barella. Debala, mm-hmm. you know, in attacking yes. end as well. But you know, Barella is the closest you're going to get. He's not world class yet. He's close. Mm-hmm. He's the closest. Mm-hmm. Locatelli will get there probably too. But Tonali is still young. I mean, I mean really, in, he's had eight good games with Milan. It's all this season. You, you can't. It's too early to call someone world class. World class, you really have to no. earn it through several years. Absolutely. You know, in my opinion, Koulibaly is you know class and defense. Chiellini obviously as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, you can't start labeling people world class. People like to throw these titles around like it's nothing. Yeah. Oh, they're the goat. They're the world class. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's you so have to true. have a little bit of history, you know. We we were historians; we understand this. But it's a lot of a lot of people these days want to just throw labels on things. It's like, calm down. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I, I saw a tweet. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. Yeah. Someone said, and I think it's one of my people saying, uh, "Delict is good, but Tomori is better." And I'm like, I love Tomori, I do. Mm-hmm. But Delict was a captain of Ajax at 18, took him to the semifinals of the Champions League, and I'm like. Right. Let's let's look at you know the, the big picture here. I love Tomori. He could be phenomenal down the road, but let's, let's pump the brakes. On any given on any given day, one stock, you know, a penny stock can be better than than a blue chip stock, right? But let's all know what the blue chip is and what the penny is. And Tomori is a is by the way um, could have declared for the Canadian national team. Um, and, 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 and a lot yeah. of us, a lot of us, uh, teams of, fan, uh, of, uh, fans of team Canada are kind of like wringing our hands and biting our fists about that, uh, that it didn't, uh, 
materialize. But the fact that he is shining in Serie A is a testament to the quality of this player. Uh, Delict has has probably had one of the um, hasn't had a great start. He hasn't had yeah. didn't have a great Euro. He didn't he hasn't had a, uh, it's been months since he's really shown. Uh, that that level of class. It's part of the maturity, the maturing process. I think when he comes out of it, the other end, he's going to be better than better than when he was, you know, the eighteen year old captain of, of Ajax. I'm sure of it. Yeah, no, I I, I, I certainly agree with that. Um, and I, honestly, I don't know if enough Delict or even like Virgil Van Dijk are world class. They're just there. You know, they mm-hmm. they need more a couple more years of doing doing it at the top level. But right. they're very very good. To, you know, I would take them in a heartbeat if I could. That's um, something that you usually see or will declare, like after a major major milestone or towards the end of someone's career. Okay, all right, so and so was world class, or correct. you know, you can, we can pretty much agree that so and so was world class after you know they're twenty eight, twenty nine years old. You're they're just gonna coast until the end and be at that level no questions asked very very rare players you see oh he's 23 he's world class already right yeah exactly exactly um so milan two nothing lead there going into halftime coming out of the break milan continue very much the same way atalanta we're starting to get more into the game creating some more chances but in a 78th minute uh, a lovely counterattack being milan led by teo hernandez he finds um, he he looks over to Leao. Obviously, Messias was right there trying to get the pass. Smartly leaves it alone because he was off sides. Let's go, Leao, goal of the week candidate. Wonderful strike, top corner, three nothing. What is going on here? Milan take a huge lead at Atalanta, three uh, nothing. And you know, Milan were looking good, like they were gonna you know end this game with a resounding win. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's Atalanta. You can't forget about them. Eighty uh, sixth minute. I thought this was a dubious penalty, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. From what I saw, uh, the ball it was struck. I forget who, who struck the ball, but it hit Tamori and Messias's feet and then hit up uh, Messias's arm. Hit his arm. Mm-hmm. It definitely did, mm-hmm. but it hit those, mm-hmm. their feet first and deflected up. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, mm-hmm. from what I know, that's not a foul. Yeah. I'm curious if you thought that was a penalty mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, I, I, they, I think every year this. You can say I'm wrong. That's fine. You can say tell me. No, 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 no. I, I think every year the interpretation of that of that changes. And you know, if you shook me out of bed at two in the morning and you said, you know, his foot to hand penalty shot, I'd say no. So, so yeah. In in terms of that interpretation, uh, you know, that is true. Um, however, you know, the 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 refereeing specialists that intervene on all the most important shows in Italy on, on soccer will tell you that the dynamics, the specific dynamics of a, of a play, you know, have a, have a big impact on that and speed and all that stuff. Um, I, I think, I think the, the official was, was trying to, 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 to not show off, but just to say, you know what, I can give a penalty here and, and it, it's not going to condition the match. Yeah, but uh, we know what happened. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the biggest thing of the whole thing, penalty or not, I think my my biggest thing I was pissed off about when they went to VAR. VAR showed one angle, and that was just the ball hitting the hand. I'm like, right. show the like second before that, like it, that's it's right, the whole play, right? But, yeah, no, that's true. It, it does seem a little disin- disingenuous when you see that, yeah. and you're wondering whether the official is seeing the same thing, right? And Correct. they can't just roll the tape back, you know. Yeah. Three, four, five, ten five seconds minutes. before, and and there, and you know, there's nerves. Your blood's pumping. 
you know, you're trying, you have to make a decision. Everyone's looking at you, looking at the screen and trying to determine if this is a play or not, uh, if there's a penalty or not. Pressure. And he just, okay, boom, boom. I saw the hand. Okay, good enough. Yep. <laughs> penalty. And, and Ali Oxenfree is saying the same thing. Can't be a penalty if it was deflection ball to the hand. I agree, but, you know, it is what it is. I think what irked me even more is what happened in, in stoppage time. I think it was a stoppage time. Yes, in fourth yeah. minute stoppage time. Yes. Zapata on the right-hand side. Benacer flicks it over his head. Uh, and they're going for the ball. Uh, not, I think it was Benacer. Messias. Or who was it? I forget who it was. I was so worked up. Uh, they get shoved to the ground and Messias, and the play continues on. Zapata crosses in the middle, finds Pasolic wide open in the back door, and he's going to put that away past Magnon. 3-2, and you're thinking, oh, here we go. We might have a chance here because uh, mm-hmm. it is Atalanta. They can score within a heartbeat. Um, the goal, well, I have no issues with the goal per se, but I think that still was a foul uh, just mm-hmm. before that and no not, non-call there. And VR didn't go to that either. So ultimately, didn't matter. Milan won 3-2, to two, uh, ended the, the shutout opportunity for Milan, but I thought they played well for 86 minutes, 85 minutes, and then kind of uh, let they let Atalanta in it too long. I think the commentator said it in the game that as the game went on and on, Milan started dropping further and further back, and that's the one team, Atalanta, you can't do that against. Right. Uh, unless you have a world-class defense, here we go, world-class again, uh, which mm-hmm. Milan does not, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know? But, hey. Milan get the win, escape with a big three points. Uh, it's big for them because it keeps them in the in the hunt for the Scudetto. Uh, obviously, we're still early eight games in, but uh, to keep pace with Napoli, who Napoli who had won earlier in the day, uh, make the seven wins in a row for them, which we'll get to. So, closing thoughts on this game uh, on Milan and, and their performance against Atalanta at Bergamo. I think that uh, Milan again made a statement win in Bergamo, uh, one of the toughest places to play. Um, Atalanta is still the product of uh, of a rather um, odd period in in their in the bad start, slow start. Um, unfortunately, they, this is a team that has amnesias for uh, quite a long time, and uh, they're not leaving leading um, living up to the hype or what they've gotten their their fan base and Italian football used to. So, um, you know, I'm expecting what they call what you call a return. You know, towards towards the mean, I'm expecting an At- Atalanta to start to win games again in 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 an, in in an emphatic fashion, just as Juventus, for example, has returned to victories. Uh, same goes, uh, I, I would imagine, with Lazio, that we we should see them swing back into in, into that. Um, some of these teams that have had a slower start, I'm expecting to come back up, and we'll see what happens with the the teams that have been perfect so far. And that's an assist for you, uh, Richard. <laughs> right on. Perfect. Uh, so now we're going to batch the rest of the games uh, and then talk about two of the bigger games uh, of that batch. Uh, so starting off, Cagliari hosting Venezia on Friday. Uh, goal scoring started early with Keita in the 19th minute. Nice header. Backdoor found wide open. Uh, we would not see another goal until the 92nd minute. Busio would get a goal, a deflected goal. Goal nonetheless. Venezia and Cagliari share points in that one. Salernitana hosting Genoa on Saturday. Uh, we see one goal in this game. It was from Juric. Uh, gets a goal in the 66th minute. They get a surprising win against Genoa. Not yeah. that it's surprising that they won, but, you know, Genoa, who had been pretty hot lately, uh, scored mm-hmm. three goals last week, uh, mm-hmm. getting shut out in this one. So, impressive result by Salaritana. Sassuolo hosting Inter. Many teams have their bogey teams for Inter. It absolutely is Sassuolo, and Sassuolo mm-hmm. got the goal scoring started early in the 22nd minute. Penalty, uh, Jeremy Boga taken down in the box by Skriniar. 
Uh, Berardi steps up, nails the penalty, one nothing. Uh, excuse me, Sassuolo with the lead. Uh, they take that lead into halftime. Coming out of the break, Jekyll comes into the match. Instant impact, a beautiful header, goal of the week candidate in the 58th minute. And then another penalty uh, in the 78th where Martinez converts it 2-1 inter scratch just barely by Sassuolo. Very mm-hmm. good game there. Surprise of the weekend, maybe. Uh, Bologna hosting Lazio. Goal of the week candidate in the 14th minute. Musa Barro completely just nails a shot from distance, top corner. Uh, just three minutes later, Tiete gets a goal header backdoor. Wonderfully done there. 2-0 there before halftime. And then uh, Jerry Mancini's favorite boy, uh, Aaron Hickey, scores a goal against Lazio. 68th minute, 3-0 Bologna with an emphatic win against Lazio. Shocking many people on this one. I know Laziale were certainly scratching their heads on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, another result that is a little head-scratching, but not maybe it shouldn't be, uh, Hellas Verona. Big win, 4 nothing against Spezia. Goals by Simeone in the fourth minute. Faraone in the 15th. Caprari, goal of the week candidate in the 42nd minute. And uh, Daniel Bessa in the 71st minute. Big, big win for Hellas in this one. Uh, one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. Sampdoria Udinese. Goal scoring started early. Pereira in the 15th minute. Strieger Larson would get a goal, make it 1-1 in the 24th. An own goal. Uh, this would have been goal of the week. Had Candreva actually scored the goal, but it bounced off the post, hit Strieger Larson, and went back in. So, unfortunately, he does not get the goal of the week there, um, in my eyes. Uh, Beto in the 43rd made it 2 to 1 Udinese. Uh, just outside the break, Qualiarella got a, a converted a penalty, uh, made it 2 2. Candreva, a beautiful goal, goal of the week Fantastic. candidate in the 69th. Oh, wonderfully taken. What a strike. Uh, Made it 3-2 Sampdoria. Looked like they may win this, but then Forestieri in the 82nd minute made it 3-3. They share the spoils. Uh, two games go. Big game. Fiorentina hosting Napoli. Uh, obviously, Fiorentina's playing much better this year, making it much more difficult for the teams above. Uh, they get the goal scoring started early through uh, Martinez Corta. Uh, wonderfully play off a set piece where Vlahovic, Instead of shooting on goal, looks for a teammate, finds that yeah. team at Corta, and Corta puts it away. one nothing. Let uh, Fiorentina yeah. take the lead. Um, and then a penalty gets called. Uh, Insigne steps up to take it. Saved by Dragowski. Dragowski and Insigne clash trying to get that loose ball. And then uh, ultimately Lozano puts it away in the 39th minute. 1-1 going into halftime. Outside of the break, Ramani would get the game-winning goal in the 50th minute. Uh, mm-hmm. A very highly contested game that went both ways. Uh, both keepers forced to make saves. Napoli get the three points, two to one on the road. And to round out the batch, Roma hosting Empoli. Pellegrini back into the lineup in this one, and he would get the goal scoring started in the 42nd minute. Very mm-hmm. well taken by him. Uh, and then in the 48th minute, Mkhitaryan made it 2 nothing. So those are the games. Uh, let's jump to the Fiorentina-Napoli game. Mm-hmm. A very highly contested game. I thought this was going to be a big game because, obviously, we know who Napoli are, but Fiorentina have been playing much better again under Vincenzo Italiano this season, and they've looked like they may be a European hopeful this year. What are your thoughts on Fiorentina? Yeah, they they are. Uh, they've surprised. They've had a surprising uh, start in a positive way. Uh, Rocco Comiso shaking things up over there in, yeah. in Florence. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always, always I love that. that. <laughs> I, I watch some of those videos just just for the laughs. Is but but you know very very humble and smart and, and smart man. Good for him. Um, and uh, you know like Florence has finally become again 
a place where one fears going into and, and playing. Even if they, even though they've lost, they lost the match as you mentioned in uh, today against Napoli and uh, the one in uh, against Inter, they made their their opponents sweat for that. And really, it came down to episodes um, in, the, in the first half in both of those matches. Of course, every store, every game has a, is a story unto itself. But in the first half, uh, Fiorentina was the team that that held play. Um, and to be completely honest, going into half. Uh, with a one-one score was, I think, uh, you know, it was really like Napoli scored against the run of play. There uh, it was just pure, purely episodic. They could have Fiorentina um, had Napoli in their own end for most of the first half and uh, came away with one goal. Should have yeah. come get come away with more. Uh, so you know, good on Fiorentina. That's a team very much like Torino, like we were talking earlier. Is one that Excellent I would point. expect to rise up to maybe seventh. You know, to fight for a, a Europa Conference League spot. No, I, I agree about that, and I think you know it's rare teams can outpossess Napoli, and I thought Fiorentina did an excellent job of this. Um, some people mentioned on Twitter how uh, Vlahovic was a little inconsistent in this game. I mean, he did very well mm. on the first goal that uh, Quarta mm-hmm. scored, but um, yeah, you know, it's Fiorentina dictating a lot of the play. You like to see what Vincenzo Italiano is doing with his club, uh, oh, making it very dangerous, and I think this team hopefully. Uh, we'll continue to build with with uh, Vincenzo Italiano, and hopefully they can become back into the Europa League, uh, Europa League and Champions League conversations because mm-hmm. that's a, how we remember the right Batty goal back in the day. We were talking about him pre-show. Yeah. Uh, so those are days their fans are longing for, and we as uh, historians long for because Fiorentina is one of those great clubs you love watching watching play, right? So hopefully they get there. They're still young. They're still learning, but they made Napoli fight for everything. Napoli got punched in the mouth early. We, we keep mm-hmm. talking about punches. This this matches this podcast. It's a violent, it's a violent show. It's a violent show. It's spitting chiclets. I don't know. Uh, but Napoli forced to you know fight their way back, and uh, they did. And you know this is a team. It's a good sign of a club that that ha- if they, ha- they want to be a Scudetto contender or a winner, you have to be able to you know take adversity and come back from it. And, mm-hmm. and Napoli are doing it this season under Spalletti. Um, obviously, the way they, they've done it. Osimhen, as someone mentioned in the chat, he's so important for what they do, right? Last year, we saw glimpses of it. Or he got injured for long stretches, so it, it was hard to – it really hurt Napoli there. But he's so he's so dynamic in what he does. You see his speed, early, beginning, middle, end of the game. It affects the defenders, and, and he got the penalty because of that. They took him down. They had no choice. That's why Insigne got the penalty there. Uh, yeah. And so – that's his asset. He's so skillful. He's so his vision is great, and all his compliments that are around him, that midfield and those other attackers, they all fit each other so well. I think this Napoli team could, you know, will go down to the wire in terms of you know the Scudetto hunt this year. I think they're. I think we're gonna. We're in for Napoli fans are in for uh, a, a, a happening season, one in which there we'll see. We'll see Napoli. Uh, make them talk about Napoli. Make, make Napoli fans talk about their uh, their great years in the mid eighties, um, and and late ninety and, and sorry, and, and late eighties, early nineties as well. Uh, but one the one question with Napoli this year will be is how will they manage the um, the African Nations Cup when the African Nations Cup starts, where basically their entire spine, you know, My from Koulibaly. Uh, Lisa. and um, and up top, Osimhen awesome, yeah. are all going to be um, uh, gone playing on international uh, play. So 
you know, I, I don't know if, if we're going to see, and I, and I, you know, in Italian, we say it's, it's not good to think ill, but sometimes you guess right. Uh, I, I don't know what, uh, what De Laurentiis has up his sleeve, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some shenanigans there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that, you know, that, that's a, that's going to be a very tough moment to manage. I think it's about, you know, they'll miss four league games and maybe the odd cup game in between. So it, it will be it will be interesting to see how Napoli manages that. Um, this is a team that's perfect right now, seven and uh, is it, I think seven and zero, and they've gone. You know, they, it, I you just you just don't see any team stopping them. But that said, you know they they haven't exactly shined every single moment of every single exactly. game. Exactly. They went down, they fought back, and if you're gonna if you're gonna win, uh, you know, championship teams win games that they really kind of don't exactly deserve to even if they don't deserve to they came back at a great second half they probably deserve the win anyway but based on what you saw in the first you're like there's no way that Napoli's going to win this game exactly they exactly. find a way to win so hats off to them uh fantastic uh, performance by Napoli let's see if they can keep it up uh I, I'm sure all your Napoli followers are are uh are pro- it's a, you know it's a good thing they're not on the screen uh, I'm sure they're doing stuff, you know, touching wood and something else. I don't know. Uh, absolutely. You know, I thought Milan would be hit, affected a lot by AFCON with Benacer and Kessie gone, but you mentioned the spine of Napoli are gone in, in, under an AFCON unless De Laurentiis has, you know, his way. Uh, that's going to be a big hit. You know, yeah. Napoli do have a uh, a good midfield. So, I mean, you know, you take, the, you take Anguissa out, you still have Fabian, you still have that's Elmas it. in there, you got... Uh, Deme, you got you got so you got mm-hmm. some players there, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it's obviously going to hurt to lose him and lose obviously Osiman is going to be big and and Koulibaly as well. So we'll see what, uh, what you know what comes with them. But um, I think both these clubs are 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 going to see some good things this year. Um, good result for Napoli. Obviously, they're still at the top of the table with this win. Uh, another big game I want to talk about: Sassuolo Inter. Yes, you heard good. about Handanovic. Maybe should have been got a red card and get out of this game. Uh, there was a penalty for Inter in the 78th that people left their, their heads scratching. I'm curious in your thoughts because yeah. Consili comes out, he takes out Dzeko, uh, and a penalty is awarded to, to Inter, obviously. Many people thought it wasn't a penalty. What, what, was, mm-hmm. your, what was your view of that, of that play? I, 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 if I was a Sassuolo fan, I'd, I'd just want to shoot him. I think, I, think he, he, I think he's to blame on both <laughs> goals, to be yeah. completely honest, not to take yeah. away from, from Dzeko's header. Um, but really, in that situation, Consigli should be coming out diagonally to intercept that that ball. You don't just watch. You just you don't just watch a cross just come right in front of you, and and allow that to come in. The player um, he knows better too. He knows to better. He knows better. And with when it comes to the penalty shot, I mean, what a naive play! Like to one to come off his line, and it's one thing coming off your line. And then actually getting your body in the way and, and what he was trying to pull there. Tackling him. Really unnecessary. <laughs> what are you doing? Like even, if, even if you just, you know, scare him, like, boo, like, oh, he's coming on to me. Let me just back up. You have players that are following through that can yes. that can uh, hold him up, that can hold up Jekko, um, contain, and then you can get back in, into goal, right? But he just disastrous, just absolutely disastrous. And it's such a... Uh, at such a fragile point in the match, it just the the wrong thing at the wrong time. Actually, I would say twice. Consili is much better than that. I I think he's a yeah. great goalkeeper. He's I a like mid table goalkeeper. He knows his stuff. 
but you know, I think he hit his his high, but that's it. Like that's that's as good as it gets for for Concilian. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be better than this this year, I think. He's a long-haired John Ham, right? Uh, really good goalkeeper, <laughs> really good keeper. But yeah, I, he completely tackles Jekyll, and it was a, a, certainly a penalty in my in my book. I mean, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Maybe yeah. he was thinking Concilio got paid off to do that. I don't know, but yeah, that's a, that's a penalty. I said that. I think I tweeted that. I said I was just wondering, is he on the take? Like, why why would you do that? Yeah. Um, but and that reach that that one there, the the could have could have been a possible red 50-50. To be honest, it's one of those where had he gotten a red, all of Inter fans would have complained. Had he he didn't get one, it, you know, it, it could have really gone either way. Yeah. The uh, all the um, the soccer analytics or analysis uh, and and you know banter kind of uh, shows in Italy are basically split 50-50 down down the line in terms of whether they believe it should have been a red and it was a foul or not. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those. It's one of those. Before I get to Handanovic, you know, in the last game we talked about, you, you could argue that Corta could have been taken off for the red card when he took down uh, Osimhen in the box as well because he was the last defender there before he got to Jurgowski. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have those 50-50 calls there where it could be red, could be yellow. Um, many people were screaming that Handanovic should have been sent off. Uh, I mm-hmm. actually missed this play because I actually walked out of the room, I come back, and then I see everything Twitter go above. So I missed the play. Um, did you catch the play where, Handanovic, where everyone's screaming about Handanovic? Uh, yes, yeah, so Defrel basically was sent alone on goal, and uh, Andanovic comes out of the box and you know makes himself big and makes his size count. Um, there were some images that show you know the elbow, his elbow was exposed, but he wasn't looking, and he caught him among other things. So you're stopping someone on a on a sogo, like a, 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 a chance, like a, like a chance score. Uh, goal scoring opportunity um and you know like that's you know textbook um as i said analysts have just put that out there and some are saying yay some are saying nay it depends some some of them are uh, former most of them are former officials match, match officials so of course they like to defend the the refereeing class yep um you know but uh, it, it's one of those ones where uh, uh the shirt matters and uh, when when it's interest goalie, a lot of interisti happen to be defending the uh, the referee's decision in this case, um, while the rest of, of the league is like, mm, I think that he got away with one there, and yeah, that's probably where where I'm at. So, okay, <laughs> no, I, I like it. I like it. I'll have to definitely go back and look at this, uh, look at the play because I, I like I said, I just happened to walk out of the room, and come back, and I go on Twitter. I'm like, yeah. what what did I just miss? And you yeah, know, I, Paramount I, Plus for me, I can't rewind, which sucks. <laughs> so, I missed it. Uh, anyway, so it's hard to judge. You know, usually we want to really scrutinize, you know, how Inter doing these games. But this is very much a Derby-like game for them because this is their bogey team. Inter always struggle against Sassuolo no matter what, whether mm-hmm. it's the Zerbi or whomever. Mm-hmm. They always yeah. struggle against Sassuolo. Also with Di Francesco back in the day as well. So it's hard to really judge uh, Inter and how good or how good they are or may not be because of this game because it seems we every team has their bogey team. Every team in the world has their bogey team, and it's – you know, a team that you think is playing on this level, they play the bogey team and they look like this. You're like, what's going on? You can't really judge them. So it's right. something mentally, I don't know. Um, what do you what do you make of, you know, is it something in the water? What has what Sassuolo done to get in the heads of Inter and even Milan to an extent, but mostly Inter, they're, they're completely baffled every time they play. I, 
it's uh, I, I think playing in Sassuolo over the years has become it's it's the way that they're not your typical team that has sat back. That Zerbi is was a pupil of of I think Di Francesco, uh, and of uh, and Di Francesco was a pupil of Zeman. And anyone who knows Zenek, Zenek Zeman knows that he was an open and all out attack, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of kind of coach, and really liked his uh, champagne football, um, and you know would win games often, you know seven to two or this kind of thing or five three. It wasn't unusual to see those kinds of score lines. So he trained his pupils to play that kind of you know inspired to that kind of open mm-hmm. and attacking thing. They often concede, they often lose, but you know, in the process, sometimes they'll surprise a team like that. So an Inter who's used to, or a Milan or a Juve, who's used to just sitting on top of a team and you know trying to find the spaces and you know like getting a penalty, getting a call or a free kick outside the box and converting that, you know, kind of sc- scratching through a win. That's not what they experience when they play Sassuolo, who's more open. And will hit you back in open play. I've, I remember a Juventus uh, Sassuolo game when where Juventus was up, I think three one, and they came back with a vengeance and you know tied the game up three three. Yep. You know, I think I, I think Juve, Milan, and Inter fans all have their Sassuolo uh, nightmares, Pro- but probably mostly the Milan fans. Yes, and I think especially <laughs> I especially think Inter this week too because they faced them twice in a way because they faced the Zerbi early in the week and Shakhtar yes. Shakhtar is another bogey team for them and Zerbi is on that team so I mean double bazinga for uh, for Inter this week. <laughs> no, good call, good call, well spotted. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, bogey team nonetheless, but uh, yeah, they fi- Inter find a way to get three points for them, big for them. Uh, they currently sit third in the table, two points behind Milan uh, and. F- Four points behind Napoli. Uh, my math is not so good these days. Um, from the rest of the batch, anything you want to, in particular, want to talk about? Uh, just a shout out to uh, Igor Tudor, um, who uh, who was an assistant, uh, one of the assistant coaches, the Pirlo, last year at, at Juventus. Even though you know there are, there are stories about that, and he's probably on the margins of the assisting uh, uh, Pirlo. And he has, seems to have hit his stride with Elas Verona and getting results. Um, this is basically his third uh, coaching stint after he started uh, at uh, Haddock and then uh, Udinese, ups and up and downs. Yep. And, you know, then last year I already mentioned. And now at Elas, he seems to be hitting his stride, beating Roma first. And now this convincing win uh, against Spezia. Uh, I'm, I, I want to see more. It may just be a bit of a you know new coach comes in kind of effect, and then it may it may mellow out uh, as the season wears. So you know, shout out to to him, a fantastic strike by um, by Candreva uh, in Sampdoria's goal a game, um, uh, just the absolute thriller three three, and you know it, it's the same second week in a row where we see good stuff happens in Genoa, like tons yeah. of goals over there. Um, and, 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 and I'll end off by saying that Serie A keeps on giving and keeps on giving spectacle in terms of goals. It's not just, it's not open season on, on penalty shots. Like it was a few years ago with goals galore coming from the, from the spot it's goals in, in open play. Um, and, uh, and this goes flies in the face of all those who, who talk about a boring league. 
yeah. with a lot of uh, uh, staunch yeah. defending and zero zero matches. Hundred percent, hundred percent. A team who you know you mentioned this with Sassuolo how they had been like a, a fun bad team. Well, this year's fun bad team is Bologna, and Bologna either they're going to give up a lot of goals or score a lot of goals. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's both. And this one, they really surprised Lazio with their three nothing win. Um, obviously, the goal scoring started early with Musa Baro is a great way to start the game. But Mihalovic's men, uh, you know, when they're on, they play very attractive football. It's just for them the inconsistencies, and they're they're the fun bad team of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that Lazio had a a trap game after their big uh, European game victory this uh, this midweek. So, I, I mean, I don't know. To, I'm sure this is a blip in the radar, mm-hmm. um, but again. Bologna is is a shock of the weekend for me just because no one saw this come. You thought it'd been a competitive match in that, but mm-hmm. three nothing. I mean, it wasn't even. It didn't seem that close. It seemed closer than it was. Honestly, I mean, Lazio I, losing Immobile is going to hurt not only for for Lazio but also for the Azzurri. Um, obviously, whenever Marici plays, it's never a good thing, right? They're gonna they're missing the days. They're ruining the days that they had Felipe Caicedo, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I that's, that's a good call. That's a good call. And also, we know that Bologna, um, it, Lazio had the misfortune of playing Bologna, um, a Bologna side that was rested during the week, unlike, unlike Lazio, who, who played on Thursday. And also a Bologna side that was heavily criticized for their last game. And uh, there's a lot of buzz in Bologna about about that. And in uh, Mihailovic must have uh, must have given his players the extra special treatment over the week and, and really got them focused up. Uh, and uh, Lazio with an with a more open play, Sarri kind of more open play, um, you know, it was the perfect recipe and the perfect storm for this kind of very lopsided um, and convincing win for, for Bologna against, uh, against Lazio. Make sure I turn my, my mic back on after muting it. Uh, mm-hmm. Last game I want to talk about for me, and just really briefly, Cagliari, you feel for them. It feels like they're never going to get their first win. I know yeah. George is in the chat. Uh, they, this is a team that has talent. And now Mazzari's there, and you're hoping that he can kind of ignite this thing. I mean, there's some good players there, some good pieces, front to back or maybe middle to front. But, um, yeah, for whatever reason, they can't get a win. And Vanetti, you thought, would have been a great opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. They get the early lead. They should have scored more goals. They didn't, yeah. and then it came back to bite them. Um, can Mazzari turn this team around? You know, I thought when they first got hired, yeah, they're going to turn around, but we haven't seen it yet, and it's been a couple weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we still hold off on the panic button on Cagliari? I think Cagliari has um, had that historical kind of, um, you know, it's it's an island team. Like, yeah, but it's a team out there, and yeah, something happens when you, when you move. It's difficult to play there. there. Huh? It's difficult to play there. It's a little, it's a little difficult to play there. It's... The water, it's the the pride, the grappa. It's, the, <laughs> it's 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 something. It's the sheep's milk. Um, you know they have something special over there. And I have a good friend actually who lives in Turin, who's a big Cagliari fan of all things, um, uh, Davide. So I just want to say a shout out to him to my friend Davide. And I you know I I, I do watch the games with a bit of sympathy uh, and you know like sympathizing for. For Cagliari, uh, you know, low low key doing that, um, and I know their team that are going to turn around. They're going to find their stride, and and they'll 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 go on a nice little streak, just enough to get out of the relegation zone. 
Yeah, George, if you're still listening, hang in there, buddy. The Cagliari's going to get a win here these days, okay? They're not as bad as Salernitana. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so goals of the week. You're the guest. Uh, you want to take a shot at your top five? So I, I actually selected three. Okay. The, the three that I noticed that, that really um, spoke to me were um, Caprari's goal, uh, very similar to Musa Barro's yes. curler. Absolutely. Uh, and that's number two. And the top one for me was Candreva, just that rocket and just the way it, it curled at the end and, and just yeah. oh. went to, to wipe the cobwebs off uh, off the corner there <laughs> was just perfect. Was that was a that was a great strike, and it absolutely was. Uh, let's see, my top five. Uh, coming to number five is Jekyll's header for the assist from Parasic. Overall, great play there. Great. Good number header. four, Caprari. Number, Caprari's coming to number four for me. Candreva's goal from distance is number three for me. Uh, Musabar at number two. Uh, had Candreva scored on that play earlier where Stryker Larson got the own goal, that would have been number one for me this week. But he didn't score, mm. so... My number one is going to be, um, this is a homer pick, Rafael Leao. Uh, he's coming to his own this season in a wonderfully taken ball. Uh, top corner, but such power and pace. Uh, that's my number one there. So, But a lot of good goals this weekend. So uh, there's George says, I'm hanging, but gosh, it's tough to watch, Scalati. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. All right. Uh, let's transition now to the Azzurri. Uh, there it is. Okay, there we go. Now it's on the screen. Let me make it a full screen here so everybody can see. All right, let's go through the names real quick, and then we can talk a little bit about each of the positions. Uh, so in goal, we have Donnarumma, Maret, and Sirigu. Uh, defend, or defenders, we have Acerbi, Bastoni, Bonucci, Chiellini, Di Lorenzo, Emerson, and Toloi. In the midfield, we have Barella, Cristante, Jorginho, Locatelli, Pellegrini, Pessina, excuse me, and Verratti. In the attack... Berardi, Bernadeschi, Chiesa, Immobile. Hold on, that's out. Insigne, Raspadori. What we found out is that Immobile got injured this week, so he's yeah. out. Moise yeah. Kane is in. Mm -hmm. So let's go at position by position on our thoughts. Uh, starting with the goal, uh, obviously Donnarumma is a lock, uh, but Moret and Sirigo, are you okay with Sirigo being inserted there? Sure, I'm. I'm not completely uh, sure about Meret. To be completely honest, I don't think he's had Fair. he's had enough. Uh, I think uh, overall, uh, in terms of goalkeepers, but also this is, this is true with the rest of the uh, convocati uh, this uh, this time around of the call ups this time around um, is the fact that I'm left with the distinct impression that Mancini wants to preserve the group. Yes, he, he selected. Does. He made group selections. He 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 tried to privilege those who, uh, who led him to the win, uh, the Euro win, uh, just a couple of months ago. So, and that probably explains some of the um, head scratchers in in this in this mix. Uh, it basically is the same team that he brought to uh, to Euro twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, if you will, yeah. uh, except Pellegrini. So. I, I think for that reason, Sirigu whispering in Donnarumma's ear before penalty shootouts, that's kind of why we see him here. Meret is a backup. You need a veteran. You need a veteran. Yeah. And Meret is a backup. He's yep. Napoli's backup. I, you know, there there are other choices there. Uh, Cranio, for example, would have been, yes, would not have been a terrible choice. And really, what is the harm in bringing a third goalie like that? None. 
I, I agree 100% with you, I guess. Uh, so there were some other injuries this weekend. Uh, Toloi is out. Calabria is finally in. Uh, oh, Pacino was injured during the Milan game, and Tonali is in. Interesting. Oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so let's go to the defenders. Uh, I really don't have any issues with any of these guys. Um, Alcerbi, he got, he, got a, he got a red this weekend in the in the 3-0 loss, uh, all within a, a double yellow, within, all within a couple seconds for mouthing off the referee, but that's the withstanding. Bastoni is obviously great. Uh, Bonucci, Chiellini, obviously. Di Lorenzo has been playing well. Emerson has been playing well lately, and obviously Calabria. Um, someone says he can bring Buffon back, and why not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on the defense? I think it's fairly straightforward for me. Uh, I can't think of anyone. I mean, there's a couple of players I probably want to bring in there. Maybe Di Marco would get a call-up. Um, trying to think great shout yeah great shout not um, and you know that's a very astute obs- observation and I'm, i should be Costa will get one by before the season's end watch yeah yeah and and he's he's been coming off that bench uh, often coming off that bench and making a difference um and becoming a, being a protagonist providing assists he is um i'm i'm I've been impressed. I've been impressed with him. I've, I've followed him when he was over at uh, Elas. I knew he was on out there on loan. And, uh, yeah, interesting. But, you know, I guess injuries make things right for the uh, for Mancini in terms of call-ups. Now with Calabria coming on to to replace Toloi, I think he, he can offer um, a, a different option on that same flank. It's just so – it's just unfortunate that we don't have that kind of um, – uh, redundancy, let's call it, on the left flank. Where other than Emerson, I don't really see anyone who can play that in that position. And even at that, Emerson is a is a far cry from from Spinazzola, who of course is is still injured. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, and if Baragi starts playing well this season, he may get a call up as well. You know, who knows? And yeah, that would be a good one as well, as, as well as Demarco, as you said. All right, moving on to the midfield, uh, Barella, Cristante, and all the uh, really the only thing. You know, if if Pacino wasn't injured, I would have said Cristante out, Tonali in, in my opinion, because I, I haven't seen much of Cristante to warrant mm-hmm. a position lately. Yeah. Uh, Barella's a lock, Jorginho, Locatelli, uh, locks, Verratti's lock, Pellegrini, a lock, in my opinion, as well. Uh, yeah. This midfield, as you mentioned, is so deep, and Mancini really has the spoils in this position, really. He has basically two sets of three three midfielders that he could put out there any time, it feels like. Uh, well, obviously, Pacino's out injured, but... Um, the, the midfield, I think, is straight up. Is anyone missing that you you think maybe should get inserted into this? Well, with with Tonali coming in, no, not really. Um, it's it, it it's it's hard enough already for Mancini. Let's let's give him a break. Uh, yeah. It's unfortunate that Piscina did get injured or is not ready because uh, and even though uh, that would have kept one one of you know Tonali, who we've been advocating for all uh, episode long. Um, Pessina is really the X factor here. He's someone uh, I'll, I'll recall. I recall like Ala Giaccherini back in 2012, who can get between the lines and really shake things up and break the ice. And for you, just can't figure out why. Or Perrotta back in 2006. Just that X factor. Um, so we'll see him again when he returns. Uh, so hold on to your hats, everyone. I agree. Tristante is not your flashy, sexy kind of midfielder, and he's often afforded chances when you wouldn't even think it. it you're like, why is he bringing him him on, right? Why is he bringing Cristante on instead of you know Locatelli or Pellegrini or whomever? 
else was on the bench. It it, it really does scratch, gets me scratching my head. He must be um, a technical, bring the technical aspect to balance out the side. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I like it. Interesting. I like that thought. <laughs> All right. Now looking at the attackers, uh, this has been obviously like the – Mancini likes to bring in the guys that he's comfortable with, obviously. Berardi's been very good. Uh, Benedeschi plays better for the Azzurri than he is for, for Juventus. Mm-hmm. Chiesa is just phenomenal. Immobile, he's out. Moise Kane is in, which I love to see that. Insigne, obviously, and Raspadori, who's is more than deserving. Um, the only person I would say missing from this maybe is Caputo, because I think he's deserving over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I like this attacking trio or trio uh, grouping here of uh, strikers here. So what are your thoughts on, on the strikers here? Obviously, no Belotti, but he's injured. So that was right. never going to be an issue. Right. So, I mean, there's such a dearth of appropriate um, strikers for us um, that is, at least when they, with respect to how they perform in the national team that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say, okay, now that Ken's in and, and uh, Immobile is out because of because of injury. It's hard to say. Like, okay, who else would you have really brought in? Unless you're digging back to thirty plus year olds, like you said, Caputo or <laughs> Qualerella, there I say, or someone, someone, or or someone really young like Scamacca, who has struggled, I think, to to really um, make room for himself at at, at Sassuolo. And in the meantime, he's been. Um, you know, uh, unseated by Raspadori, who is uh, who can also be a bit of an X factor in this game. Just keep an eye on him. Um, there was a a, a, a situation against uh, against uh, Switzerland where we had a free kick outside the box, and I remember seeing Raspadori miss a goal for Sassuolo on a free kick in the same spot by this much, and sure enough, Bonucci takes takes it instead back to the national team he takes the the penalty the free kick instead and if sails way 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 uh above the goal so you know he's someone who um who, who could be who could be a bit of a factor here and i think he's going to get more playing time than we think uh i think uh, a lot of pundits might be like okay it's going to be chiesa and berardi or chiesa and insigne and then someone else uh, i wouldn't be surprised to see raspadori uh, come on and maybe i don't know uh, start if not in these matches, in it's in the World Cup uh, qualifiers, he, I, I would, I could definitely see him do that. Yeah, and this is for those who don't know, this is the semifinals of the Nations League, and it is against Spain. Spain. Uh, so it's gonna be a big game here. Uh, I was trying to find the lineups for Spain, and I just found it. Uh, bear with me one second. Here we go. Boom. So the Spanish squad includes Unai Simon De Gea. Uh, Sanchez, Pedro Porro, Aspilcueta, Laporta, Eric Garcia, Martinez, Pau Torres, Rigoyon, Alonso, Rodri, Busquets, Gavi, Coque, Merino, Pedri, Llorente, Jeremy, Torres, Ayr uh, Sarbal, Fornal, Sarabia, and obviously the managers, Luis Enrique. This is a tough team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting. This has been a, a big rivalry over the years, especially over the last decade. Yeah. Um, Spain is a team that dominates possession. Uh, but this, we what we've learned from this Azuri team is that they don't they don't back down from anybody. And this midfield is world class together, uh, especially when it's Jorginho, Verratti, and um, Barella. Right? Mm-hmm. They are so phenomenal together. Defense is strong. This is going to be a heavyweight bout. Um, 
it's going to come down to – it's going to be a close game. Obviously, a one-goal game difference, and I think this one, unless it goes into penalties or something, which it very well could be. Um, what do you what do you think is going to happen in, the, in this game against uh, Spain? I watched the um, Sonio Azzurro, which is, uh, you know, Azzurro Dream, um, was a uh, Rai Uno production, uh, okay. basically a documentary of um, of Italy's path to the eventual victory of the Euro. And they showed some of the technical um, meetings that they have before the game, before the matches. And in each one, it was almost as if Mancini predicted like he already he has such a, a a clear read of the match and he would he actually called like this game is going to be harder like the Austria game he said is going to be harder than the Belgian game and why is this relevant is because he said we were, we were about to face Spain he said you know Spain you know this and this and he's like you see what they do here and how they bring the ball around and this and that and he said you'll see that in the World Cup it's going to be us in Spain that are going to go deep and they're going to play it. You know, we're going to be the protagonists in the, in the, in the world cup. You'll see. And sure enough, you know, Spain was the, you know, basically the toughest game. They, even though, even though they were not in good shape in terms of um, physical, they weren't like physically, like Italy was on a roll. They had gas in the tank. They had subs. They had, they were deep. We did well. Um, Spain was in shambles. They won, two or one in with uh, one game within the 90 minutes and the rest, they all tied and they had to go to extra time or penalties in order to go through. And despite of that, they gave us a really, really tough time. Yeah. I'm not, I have no idea how this match is going to go. I wouldn't be surprised. It is in Italy. So it will be played in Milan. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to extra time. I agree. I agree. It has, it has extra time written all over it. Probably has penalties written all over it, you know? Or, or, or beyond 90 minutes. Now, like, I'm sure, like, I don't have the, the uh, Nations League rules in my back pocket, but if there's no extra time, then pardon me, it's it would go to penalties. You know, it's going to go beyond the 90 minutes plus stop. Yeah, I, I agree. It has written all over it. I mean, these two teams are going to be factors uh, for the next several tournaments, I think, going forward in, in terms of European uh, play. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, we'll see who wins, and, and the final is on the 10th. So, uh, you know, if Italy is uh, – the Azzurri are victorious in this, they'll move on to the, to, the, the finals, obviously. So, yeah, big game. We'll see. Um, you know, at the beginning, I think we all scoffed at the whole Nations League idea and, oh, let's <laughs> take it as serious as that. But, hey, we're all tuning in, right? Uh, especially now being the European champions. Why not? So – We'll see. It sucks. It sucks that Italy has to defend something, uh, even though it's not they're not Nations League yeah. champions, but they have to defend that honor so early, right? And they just at least let us ride it out until the next World Cup, which is, <laughs> is going to be 15 months out anyway, right? Like we can't even boast that now. So it's 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 we almost have to we have to go out and we have to beat Spain and we have yep. to win the final in order to carry that forward and say, wow, look at that. You and know, if, a couple of trophies all of a sudden. And if that wasn't it, now Italy has to play against Argentina because they're doing the whole Conan Bowl versus uh, oh, UEFA thing. The conference yeah. championship. Oh. So Argentina is the champion of South America versus the champions of Europe. So yes. they're playing each other soon as well. So yeah. you just got to show it off. World Cup winners and yeah, Asian. If Italy, yeah. if Italy come out of both these games victorious, or this, you know, both tournaments victorious, if they're not number one, something's seriously wrong with the rankings. But we already knew <laughs> there was something wrong with the rankings. I think USA yeah. are, are 
Canada might be ranked in top 10 for a while now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking shots at you. Yeah. US it's, uh, that's all good. That's, we'll talk after uh, Canada beats the U.S. next time. When they come that's, a, that's a sure. That's a sure right there. <laughs> all right. Well, now the Azuri is wrapped up. Let's move on to everyone's favorite hashtag game, obviously with the help of Zio here. Who won Calcio Twitter? Uh, this is this your first one with us? The first one in a long time. I don't think you've been with us when we've done Who Won Calcio at the Twitter. No, no, this is brand new. What are the rules? Okay, so for, for those who are new to this, uh, as Zio is, so Who Won Calcio at Twitter, we asked people to do the uh, tag us, which is the who with the hashtag for the best takes, comedic takes throughout the week. And each week we pick a winner. Uh, end of the year, we do the best tweets, the, all the ones that won, and do and the, the winner gets a prize. But you know, this is week eight here, week seven. So everyone just tags us in these tweets, and then we read them out, and we pick the winner from tonight. So we're gonna we're gonna go through all of them tonight for the last cool. week, and then we'll pick a winner. Let's rock and roll. All right. So the first one uh, comes from Big Show underscore Nerazzurri says. Uh, so the original tweet is uh, you see Icardi in and Gigio Donnarumma down here. He goes, these guys were two of the best players in Italy, and were going to be club legends, and left to sit on a bench in Paris all because of money. <laughs> good one. Uh, good one. Good one. Very good. All right. Next one comes from Kier Palulu at Alessio. <laughs> Finally, some real action for Gigio playing foosball. <laughs> nice. All right. Good. 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 Well, he, 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 and, you know, and all. To his defense, he did. He did play um, pretty well win. against City. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. This, this one, this one last week here. In, absolutely, uh, no, absolutely. All right, let's see. Nick from the Calcio guys copies us on this one. So, Gianna <laughs> Delacalli, also of the Calcio guys, says, uh, "Me, hey mom, can we have Rodrigo Bentacour? Her, we already have Rodrigo Bentacour in Quebec. The Rodrigo <laughs> Bentacour in Quebec, <laughs> Riviera Bentacour. <laughs> All right, close like enough." It. Close enough. Close enough. All right. Here we go. Next one from uh, Anthony from Sempre Milan says, uh, the top show watched by Syria fans according to Paramount Plus explains a lot. Paramount Plus is what we have in the States. And the, the number one videos are <laughs> Paw, Patrol. Paw Patrol and Survivor. Okay. Says a lot about the fans. <laughs> wow. That talk, like, where's the Venn diagram on that? Like, I know, right? Like, it just doesn't intersect. Uh, all right. Uncle Sharma tags us in this one. And this one comes from... At uh, Briesengar, it's Bernadeschi <laughs> al calcio di inizio the Juventus. <laughs> it's Bernadeschi ben before Juventus Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, Bernadeschi kicking off <laughs> Juventus Chelsea. Oh, oh my oh, goodness! This is the leader in the clubhouse right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. All I don't right. know if it's right that I'm laughing at that. Oh, <laughs> man. If you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? Right. Right. Uh, Napoli Sansoni is back from his hiatus and says, uh, walking Korea since he scored that brace in his inter debut, <laughs> Immobile with his Azuri shirt on. <laughs> right. No goals. Right. Yeah. 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 Basically, uh, do nothing. Mm -hmm. All right. Next one comes from at that Milan fan. Atalanta lost the first two games in their Champions League group two years ago and made it out. It ain't over till the chubby lady moans. <laughs> uh, in reference to Milan's two losses in that okay. to start off their Champions League campaign. All right, this one was pretty funny. The guy actually changed his name, but Mohamed Garib originally was, uh, his name was said UEFA Europa League, and League, it said yeah. Chao Inter. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he also did the same thing for uh, Milan as well, Chao Milan. That so was good. It was, it was good. It, was, it got a lot of people. It got a lot of people. All right. So the original tweet was European cricket and Italy beats England in cricket. 
And Uncle Sharma says, is laughing and says, even at cricket, they can't bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, nice. nice. All right. So after uh, Lazio beat Roma, uh, it's uh, Zagnolo singing, Pedro, 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 Pedro. <laughs> yeah, Roma, Roma, Roma. That's right. On, on nice Photoshop way. where he's doing the little gesture grab mm -hmm. there that uh, Mancini scolded him for. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh oh, lost it, lost it. Get back here. All right, let me f let me find Zaniolo again. I was so excited by Zaniolo, I got just discombobulated there. All right, back to the action here. <laughs> Lukaku trying to keep up with Bonucci and Delict in Champions League. <laughs> this is P is rated R, folks. Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Stay off drugs, folks. Oh, my kids. God. No this is in it. London. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, everyone had to see that. I had to see this, so y'all had to see that. So. <laughs> All right, so this one I pulled up from uh, from Facebook. Uh, but nonetheless, I thought it was funny. So Milan lost after a controversial penalty to uh, Atleti. And so someone pulled up the Wikipedia and says, uh, the referee is a Turkish football referee, uncle of Hakan Çalhanoğlu, who has served in the Turkish Super League. It's not true, but... Someone went to Wikipedia and edited that real quick. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I uh, love that. Frank went off on that guy, by the way. Anyway, so anyway, Cliff Asmoyal uh, pointed us in the direction of this. This comes from Juventino Lou. It says, Allegri tonight, dancing with the stars after beating Chelsea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with the tango. tango. That's right. That's he right. Needs, he need, but he, he needs Dybala to tango. Absolutely. We'll, Absolutely. we'll save that one for next time. <laughs> All right, next one comes in from Ahmad Al Hadar. It says Max Allegri after the famous Killini sub in the 83rd minute. I love it. <laughs> we're, we're old enough to know this cartoon, so. Wow. And it's pretty accurate. I mean, the, yeah. the stripes are horizontal, not vertical. Yeah. Otherwise, perfect. Oh, that's great. Rete This Way podcast says uh, to underscore Federico Chiesa's impact in the Champions League. Since his competition debut last season, Chiesa has scored five goals. Inter as a team have scored seven. Brunch. Mm. <laughs> All right. This one has to have the sound on. <laughs> this goes back to uh, Spalletti back in his Zenit just going off on the reporter. Route. What emotion! What emotion! So Spartak, after beating Inter, uh, came back, or after beating Napoli, excuse me. Uh, came back and said, ah, ma che emozione. No, wow. <laughs> Taking a shot at Spalletti. <laughs> well, Kasharma with that's the picture. Right. That's right. That's oh, right. Good uh, call. Good one. Yeah, that's great. That's great. All right. Nick, again, from the Coucher guys, pointed us in direction of this one. This So, Art Vandele with this one. So, the original tweet was, Johnny Kim, age 37, changed career three times, achieved Navy SEAL, Harvard doctor, NASA astronaut. Wow. Art Vandele says, not impressed. Cuadrado has played right wing, right back, striker, center back, Metzala, Tracatista, Regista, <laughs> and Fasa Nueva. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. Art oh, Vandele, great recall to uh, yes. Seinfeld. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> is he an architect? <laughs> he is. He is. All right. This one comes from Gillis15. says, are you ready for the weekend? Jerry Mancini got all your teams covered. Oh. <laughs> Jerry had good fun with that one, too. So, uh, you should read the comments on that one. All right. Alex Dono. And the Oscar goes to Juan Cuadrado. Oh, because of, because of the foul, right? Yep. He, yep. Tried to yep. Sell, he tried to sell a foul in the box. I think uh, it was a foul, by the way. 
He's taking lessons from um, Teo Hernandez. No, yeah, fair, hey, fair, fair. Uh, it's Savio Shvala. He says, uh, referees clearly against Inter. Sending off Handanovic would clearly help the team. Got it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Love when Inter takes take shot at their own fans. All right. Uh, next one. It's not really who on Calcio Twitter. It's more like who on League on Twitter. But uh, Nice versus Brest. Uh, uh, the obvious one. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's that one game a year in that order. Yep. Wow. Okay. Or like with uh, in Serie A when Cagliari hosts Atalanta, it says Cagata. Right. And remember what they did last year? They only, no, I don't. For that one game, they dropped the third um the third letter in each of those two acronyms. Yeah. So it just says ka at. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, but nice breast is, uh, is, a, is a nice compliment, I guess. Yes, yes. I'm not sure if, it, if it's lost in translation in French, but... Uh, Maybe. We'll see. I'm Look sorry. it up. Oh, All right. Milan Vikings says, uh, Gotti is the most underrated manager in Serie A. Udinese's results have improved so much since he took charge and has managed to avoid relegation despite many predicting the club wouldn't manage to stay up and saying how people overlook him. Eh, that's a good tweet. Not funny, but I agree. I agree. So those are all the ones from this mm. week. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your winner? I, I just go by the one that, that got the biggest spike for okay. me, and, and that was the Bernardeschi. The, the kicking <laughs> off you with Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah where that is was, it? That um, was, it, it just had a ridiculous, it was just a ridiculous image, to be honest, and nothing to do with with uh, with brides or with people who wear who wear uh, those dresses. There it, is. it it was it's just <laughs> just look at it. It's just a, a hilarious <laughs> what? And then of course, you know, runs off the pitch. <laughs> oh, the false nine worked. Almost fell. Almost fell. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, she she managed that in heels. So yeah, good on yeah. her. <laughs> so I agree. I'll go with you with that. Ad Brizingar wins this week's Who Won Couch at Twitter. Looks like it's the first victory for them. Uh, Bernadeschi al calcio d'inizio de Juventus e Chelsea. All right. Very good. Good, good reading. Oh, so man. <laughs> Thank you. I've been butchering Italian here just as good as Stevie P does uh, over at uh, Milan Weekly Podcast. <laughs> Give him a shout. I love him. I love him. He does better than me. So. Okay. It. All right. Let's see what the chat says. The chat's with nice breast reminds me of the tits now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> SNL Jeopardy. Jeopardy on SNL. Uh, I'll take the for... Uh... <laughs> anyway, I digress. All right. So that's let's put a bow on this one. It's been long enough. Um, your chance to plug away, plug anything you want. Tell the Calcio community here where they can find you on Twitter or social media. Right here. This is my Twitter account. I'm on. I like to talk uh, Serie A mostly, and I try my best to keep it exclusively at that. Um, just hit me up. I'll follow you back. Let's have fun. Let's be civil to one another. Let's understand that this is, for the most part, you know, 22 uh, uh, millionaires wearing underwear running up and down the field trying to give us a little bit of distraction yep. uh, and, and give us a little bit of fun in the meantime but in the meantime let's be civil to one another absolutely and I think that's what Holden Culture Twitter is all about is having fun not really we don't read the tweets that degrade people and stuff like that it's it's, it's all no. about bringing the community together right totally. uh, and a transition that I did not at all write uh, speaking of transition you know we 
as a podcast are trying to bring the culture community together and really bring people together, get everyone's perspectives involved. That's why we try to talk about all the teams. And so we're trying to start this new segment now where we bring in fans after the big matchups each weekend and have their say. We're going to share it on Twitter and on YouTube, really promote these other creators around so most people can look at them, right? We want to spread the love around for everyone in the culture community. Yeah. So you'll start seeing that more and more by us. You know, we'll start, if we reach out to you, you want to reach out to us because you want to you know, share a quick reaction. And we're talking about five minutes and under. If you want to just DM us either on City House Sit Down or you can follow my handle right there. You can DM me. Uh, let me know. Uh, it's just something for us to try to bring the community together and really shine lights on other creators out there who follow all sorts of City Out teams. So just putting that out there right there. So as always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Frank and I will not be here during the Nations League because our tradition during, during uh, European Championships is we did not do it then. We won, so we're going to continue that. No podcast until the next till season. City Out picks back up. So, um, Frank, you can follow him at FTC underscore 21. Uh, you can follow us YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Our podcast can be found everywhere. Make sure you listen to all that. Follow World Football Index as well. Great, great content out there for all kinds of calcio, all soccer, everything, football, whatever you want. So, for Rocco. For Frank, wherever he is, and for myself, we wish everyone good night. Thank you again for joining us, and we'll catch you again, Ragazzi. Ciao. Oh